Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Um, I didn't get any show notes written because my week kind of got away from me. Do you want to um chit chat? Yeah, yeah. Let's do a chit chat. I was. We love haven't done one in a while. Chatting. <laughs> And welcome to another fine episode of Pants Talking Games. I am your host, Chit, I, a.k.a. Phil. <laughs> I am your other host, Chat, a.k.a. Senda. Good. It's a Chit Chat show. <laughs> I love how when you surprise me with what we're doing for the introductions, I always end up asking my name as if it's a question. Yeah, Weird. well, I think you're you're asking like, am I getting did the I, pattern right? Did I do it yeah. right? <laughs> In this case, I think it was fairly obvious, it was right? I like obvious. hung that one out pretty obviously. Yeah. Anyway, um, today's chit chat show. If you're a re- if you're a new listener to the show and haven't uh, cruised through our entire backlog, which trust me, it's okay if you did not cruise yeah. through our entire backlog. That's not yeah. a uh, I mean, but if you want to flex and be like, I listened to the whole backlog, you, you, you do you. You like, do it's you. Okay. It's okay. Awesome it's in, it's entertaining. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome if you do, but boy, it's not a requirement. Not a requirement. But if you're new here and you're like, what's a chit chat episode? So at the beginning of the pandemic, when, um, we were, um, less, um, I don't know, more drained yes. than we currently are. Yes. Um, we just really couldn't, um, put whole shows together. So we did these chit chat episodes where the format's basically simple. We have, um, um, two questions that we ask each other, which is, and, and these are, um, obviously borrowed from the great gauntlet podcast. Um, and one of my podcast favorites, uh, Jason Cordova. Um, and it's the question, um, what's giving you life in gaming and just what's giving you life in general. Mm-hmm. So you get like a little, we, we never want to do a show without some gaming content. So we're going to definitely talk about that. Um, but also you get a little slice of life um, from both of us. Uh, just like kind of what's going on, just whatever's, you know, whatever we're just, you know, I don't know, grooving on at the time. Yeah. Um, anyway, the show may be shorter. I don't know. It's, there's no script to this. So who the hell knows? <laughs> this could be a shorter show or not. Or not. Um, we'll just see. You'll, if you're listening to it, you know the answer to that because you're looking at the time of the show. We do not know because we are recording it live. Anyway, Senda. Yeah. You want me to go get, first? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you're too excited. Um, Senda, what's giving you life in gaming? Okay, so there's a little story to this because it's not it's not like I read a game book. Although to be fair, I am reading Monster Hearts 2 and it is exceedingly good and I am very excited to play that game. We did our session 0 um well, Thursday before last Thursday, but um so we'll be playing it for realsies this coming Thursday. I'm very excited. That that's that's a small bit of life, but let's let's get to the thing here, right? the the thing that I can't stop talking about. So I went back to Meow Wolf last night. And if you have been hearing or seeing me do anything anywhere, then you probably are aware that I went to Meow Wolf for the first time a bit ago. And I've been kind of obsessed ever since um, because it kind of gets in your head um, and stays there because I really, really want to know the end of the story. Now, uh, firstly... 
Um, I will do my best to not say any spoilers here if you're in Denver and you're going to go to the Convergence Station. Um, secondly, to be clear, I have not yet finished the story, even though I've been twice now. Um, I went last night with my kiddo and he was starting at the beginning. Um, so I just kind of didn't force it and, you know, let things go through. Yes. In case somebody hasn't been following Oh, that's, along, that's fair. <laughs> um, can you quickly explain, like, what Meow Wolf is? And obviously there's a website so people could get can get more info. But can you just give, like, a little recap on what it is? Yeah, so, uh, and, and to... little disclaimer here, right? I'm like stumbling over my words because I'm just like, wow, there's so much words. Um, So little disclaimer, this is my first experience with Meow Wolf. So I know that there are other Meow Wolfs and I can only speak to this one. So um, Meow Wolf is an art collective um, that builds installations um, that are kind of they're they're wild sort of psychedelic um sometimes very modern um art exhibits right that are interactive um and have a plot line um and they're really cool and pretty mind-bending um to stroll through um so you can you can definitely explore them without engaging in the plot line um but it's the plot that keeps me like obsessive at this point right (laughs) Um, so they're kind of like a mix between a, um, a, a, a psychedelic art museum and an escape room. Not in that you have to escape, but that it's, there's, you know, puzzles to solve all over the place um, and things to interact with um, for you to kind of go through and get from one thing to the next and et cetera, right? Um, so that's Meow Wolf. Uh, it is a pretty wild experience. Um, their first one, they have one in Santa Fe and one in Las Vegas, I think, is the other two. Um, and they have kind of a theme of weirdness. Very weird. Weird. The one in Denver is called the Convergence. Um, it's a uh, Convergence Station, which is run by uh, QDOT, the Quantum Department of Transportation. And it is the convergence of four different dimensions um, that you can visit from Earth. So as an Earthling, you get to go, and it's like where these four dimensions have been smashed together. Um, and the, the plot, if you go and, and get a Q-pass and follow along the plot... Um, the idea is that you are trying to collect the memories of four women, um, the quote, the forgotten four, um, who are um, somehow responsible or intimately involved in the merging of these four dimensions into one. Um, and th- from there, it just gets weirder, right? Because like uh, memories are a form of currency. So um you have to like use memories to like pay for things basically um your actual memories that you experienced like mean, not you as an actual person but storyline wise right um and you can collect them because people lose them there are memory storms that like sweep through and make people forget things or lose memories and then you can like go to a lost and found and like collect other people's memories it's it, yeah so it's really <laughs> it's really interesting um and uh so the storyline is, you know, trying to figure out the forgotten four, who they were, how the convergence happened, and then potentially stop the quantum department of transportation from collecting those memories before you and erasing everyone's memories 
which is sort of a big deal. Yeah. Um, so it's really, <laughs> I really enjoy it. Anyway, um, there's some sort of combination of the 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 very tactile elements of the experience, which makes it kind of like LARPing, except without any any effort on my part whatsoever. Um, it's like just an experience you go have, right? You don't have to, you know, do any of the, you know, setup work that you would actually do for a LARP. Um, but the way that it's interactive um, plays on a lot of the same things that I get personally out of gaming. Um, and I think that's part of the reason that it keeps stalking me. So here's where I relate this to the fact that this is giving me life in gaming, right? Because we're getting there. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. So you're wandering around with this Q pass um, and you, you basically collect memories by like there are things that you can touch with the card and it's an RFID um, so you, you know, you touch them with the card and it like, you know, registers that you did that and, and like adds things to your account. Right. And then you can go look at what you've collected, um, either while you're there or, and this is the thing that I think is, is partially really key. Like you can use it while you're there and you can explore it. Um, but for me, having gone twice now and not finished the storyline, um, and since I was there with my kiddo, there's stuff now in my account that I haven't had the opportunity to interact with yet. So where this gets really cool is now I am taking the game away from the location with me and I can go look and explore and see all of that stuff on my phone and basically remain involved with the plot and the storyline, even though I'm not physically present. Um, so... We have talked before, um, because it's something that I think a lot of gamers think about, with the idea of how you remain engaged between sessions of like a campaign or a longer story arc. Um, and what I'm basically taking away from Meow Wolf right now is some of the ways to basically give the little dopamine hits that make you want to keep going back and re-engaging and maintain the excitement between sessions, right? So um, being able to go in and um, read more about the area in and expand on the sort of knowledge of the context of all of the situations um, when I'm not physically present at Meow Wolf or say at the table. Um, because there's other people there and they want to do things and maybe not everybody wants to slow down and read 50 pages of documents because they're just, you know, that's not where they are <laughs> or we don't want to spend that time together in person, then that's stuff that I can engage in on my own between sessions and then I'm really excited and I have more information when I come back to the table. So, I don't know. It's really cool. Well, so... You're going to laugh when I tell you this. Okay. Um, but I've written an article on Gnome Stew about this. Yeah, well, um, so have I, actually. <laughs> so now we can just both be like this? Uh, yeah. So <laughs> this concept yes. is... Um, it's not a new concept. And uh, here's what I should say. It's not a new concept. It's even stuff we've talked about before on this show. But sure. what I am experiencing right now, and the reason it's giving me life, is a really, really well done version of that specifically that is engaging technology in such a way that it keeps feeding me back the bits of story that I get to engage with between visits. Yes. Yeah, so, really, really um, smart game construction. Can I get nerdy for a second about this? Yeah, do it. 
Okay. So this concept um, of gaming outside of the game is um, sometimes referred to as metagaming, not the bad connotation metagaming where we talk about like using um, in-player knowledge to affect in-character knowledge. Right. Like Mm -hmm. things like, oh, you know, Bill always puts the, you know, a a safety for the trap somewhere nearby. We just need to keep searching for it um, kind of thing. But rather um, the first time I ever heard it called metagaming and the reason why I won't budge off this name um, is because I once the first time I read about this was in a essay that Richard Garfield, the creator of Magic, wrote. Um, And since you have a teenager at home who is playing Magic. So much Magic. um, Right. You you can also oh. attest to this, right? <laughs> that what Richard Garfield purposely did when creating magic, his intent was that you, you know, that it was going to be a, you know, a card game that you played face to face against somebody else. But he was adamant about designing in something, things you could do when you were not playing face to face, because you can't always play face to face with people that would keep you engaged in the game. Mm-hmm. Right. So knowing your teenager. Yes. As he putters around the house, talking yep. about cards, watching YouTube videos about decks, and building decks. Sitting on and his bed, building another deck yesterday. Yes. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like it's like it's it's and which is why, again, I will never rename this term because um, Garfield so perfectly designed it into magic. And I, I will stick by this name. Um, anyway, the idea is that. Um, we've you know we've said this on this show we've said this on Misdirected Mark right it, um, engagement creates excitement yeah right so um, so in this case um, going back now to Meow Wolf this idea that after you have been to Meow Wolf and the idea that from a business perspective and a game design perspective um, the people at Meow Wolf want you to come back, yeah. right? So first of all, the place is so big and expansive, and there's so many things you can't all you can't do it all at once, right? You'll wear you'll wear out, yeah. Um, but if you just had a good time, right? Like some people are just gonna have a good time, like ooh, pretty lights, like interesting yeah. landscape, and they're and, done, right? They're never Meow Wolf again. And definitely, like you walk in, and there are people at the door, and they're like, if you just want to go see it, have the photo opportunities, and walk through the galleries, go ahead awesome have at it if you want to engage the storyline go pick up one of these cards right so here's right so here's the brilliance of it right so if 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 all you could do was pick up the card go to meow wolf and and interact with story that'd be pretty good Mm -hmm. right like that that would be decent and you you know you probably would come back um but also the thing that the meow meow wolf people know from the other places is that and especially during covid times you have to get you have to reserve tickets yeah. for a particular date and time and it's not easy. It's not and I really wanted to <laughs> yesterday was the perfect day to go but because yep. I had to leave town on a business trip and did not want to book tickets before I left because I things are so unpredictable right now, right? I did not want to come back and be worried that I had something and then have to cancel those tickets, etc., right? So I yeah. de- I waited until I came back and then all the tickets were taken and then I checked every day last week because people kept canceling and then I got something like Thursday night, right, for Friday. So, so, so <laughs> right, so let's continue that thread, right? So yeah. if, if, if you can't just go whenever you want, yes, right, which, which you, you can't. can't, then if there isn't something to keep your attention, 
your next move will be, eh, I'll wait till it dies down and maybe I'll try again some other day, right? Yes. And your interest will wane and you'll just go off. Yep. But because they've built in a component where you can go to the website when you're not at Meow Wolf and interact with the fiction, the st- the story and the game of, of Meow Wolf. Yep. You are now being re-engaged. Yeah, constantly. Out without having to be at Meow Wolf, without having to have tickets to Meow Wolf. And since engagement builds excitement, you now get excited and now you really want to go back to Meow Wolf. Yeah. Right? Like and like so other people in my game group have gone back and finished the story. So there's also a certain amount of like no spoilers. <laughs> yeah, so all of that, like all of that is brilliant game design to keep you engaged and keep you interested in the story. Yeah. Okay. So to extrapolate that for people who are at home, like, well, what could I do with this? Right? Like, well, there's actually a lot you could do with this, right? There are activities that you can set up that can occur outside of the game that you can do that will keep things interesting between sessions, right? Especially if you're playing like I do, I play bi-weekly um, or if you're playing monthly or something like that, or if you're like one of those groups that's like, hey, we only get together like every month to play because we all live really far away, whatever. Some of these things will help you. Um, some of these kinds of things will help you stay engaged. I'm not going to go through them. Um, I will say that you should, one, read Senda's article about Meow Wolf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and two... Go in the Wayback Machine, <laughs> go to Gnome Stew, and look up my 2010 oh, article. Boy, you're old. <laughs> called The Game Outside the Game. Yeah, that which one. Which talks about activities that you can do, um, activities you can set up to uh, basically have things to do between games that will keep things exciting um, and keep that um, engagement interest um, cycle going. Yeah. And, and it's hidden in lots of other places, too, because even when we talk about things like even just you personally making playlists or that kind of thing. Um, well, that's one of those just, activities. Right. It's ways to continue to engage. Anyway, so um, long story short, I'm really still very obsessed with Meow Wolf. It was a really cool experience again. Um, and um, I continue to be impressed by how they have created and laid out the engagement to basically make me want to keep going back. And I don't have a problem with it. I'll keep going back. Like, that's fine. Let's just do it again. No, I mean, I think, first of all, I think that's great. Um, second of all, um, if you're in the Denver, greater Denver area, right? Like you should yeah, totally go to me. Check out the Convergence <laughs> station. It's super cool. And also if you have a local Colorado zip code, um, the tickets are ten dollars less, so don't don't sleep on that because they're not inexpensive. But it's not any more expensive than going to the zoo or the aquarium or any of those things. So, um, but all but also, but don't, don't sleep on putting your zip code in and getting the Colorado tickets if you're a local. So right, and if you're coming to Colorado, plan ahead. Yeah, because it's going to be. Um, yeah, especially what? weekends are already like booked out a ways. Gotcha, gotcha. Cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, all of all of that aside, what's giving you life in gaming? Um, yes. What is giving me life uh, right now is Cortex Prime. Yeah. 
I am. I, w- I was having a lot of problems reading, paying attention um, over the last couple months, um, pandemic related, mm-hmm. and um, I just like I really wanted to read. Like I just I wanted to read. Period. Right. I tried a few things. Like you bought me a book. Yeah. I have a stack of books. Like I could not. Um, I just couldn't do it, right? Like, I couldn't get the concentration up. So I was like, all right, look, I'm not putting any pressure on myself. I'm just going to read something that interests me. Um, and I've been toying around with this idea for a setting that I've, like, kind of loosely been working on. It, too loose at this point to even talk about it yet. Um, that was just interesting me, like, even just from running it personally before I even think if it's a publishable kind of thing. And I was like, I had a setting in search of a um, system, Right, yeah. and my default for this is always like, well, I could do it in Fate. Yeah, I mean, right, but that's, you totally could. But that's like the like I don't know that that statement is. I mean, that statement's always true. Yes. Like, can I run this in Fate? Of course, yes, I could can. run it in Fate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm already playing a Fate game, so I was like, well, I don't know what else. Like, and I keep seeing people really, um, really talking about how wonderful Cortex Prime is. So Cortex Prime by Cam Banks. Um, uh, is the system the cortex system was used by uh, in the past by Margaret Weiss games for a whole host of different um, for a whole host of different games like um, Marvel Heroic Serenity Smallville Leverage like a whole bunch of those um, but Cam like finally made a generic version of of the rules and I was like oh like cool so um, I got it. And I started reading it, and I'm like super interested in it. This is by no way a review. Um, there are uh, there are better people than I to do a review of the game. I'm just going to tell you why it's giving me life. Um, so the I, there are number there's so many cool things going on on this that I like. I really like. I tip my hat to Cam Banks for um, how smart this concept was, and then as a game designer, how much I love this um, this rule book. So. Um, so first of all, it is not one set of rules. Like fate is like fate is the fate rules. And then there's like, oh, you can extend it by doing all these things. Right. Right. What cortex prime is, is like, there's a core system and it's pretty thin, like the actual core system, right? It's pretty light. But then for every piece of the system, the book has a bunch of mods, which are like the different ways that Cortex was used in different games. Yeah. Boiled down. Yeah. Like- and it doesn't it doesn't tell you to use any one of them. It just says like, here's the core rule, like about like, you know, um, plot points. And now here's like a whole mess of um, here's a whole mess of mods about different ways to use plot points. Right. So it gives you a bunch of building blocks yeah and and in fact you have to actually like to play it you've actually got to like i I guess you don't have to you could just play it from like the really thin um core system but the idea is that when you play a cortex game you assemble your blocks yeah like you make decisions and be like okay well i want this i want this block and this block i don't want this um combat's not as important to me so i'm gonna like not use these combat mods but i really want to do um a game about social interaction and relationships i'm going to engage these rules instead um right down to like picking your stats like it doesn't even tell you like that there are core stats there are like options for making core stats Mm -hmm. 
And it just runs you through all of them. It's like, look, you can do a standard skill list. That's fine. You can do like an approach thing. You can do this. You can do that. You can do relationships. You don't even have to do relationships as a stat block. You can do them as like an add-on, like to have like all like all these things. And, uh, and they all like they fit together and where they might rub each other a little, there's extra notes like, hey, if you're if you're using this mod uh, and then this mod together, like be careful, like these two places kind of bump up against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, so all of that's really cool. But then the so I love that. So like as a game designer, like I'm sitting here looking at my setting and I'm looking at this rule book and I'm like, oh how do I want characters to be statted out in this game? And I like started to come up with like a really cool, like I was feeling kind of inspired. I came out with like a really cool idea for how I might want to put them together. And, um, and I'm getting closer. I'm not even remotely close to playing this game yet, but like, I love the, um, I love reading it with the idea that like, Oh, I'm going to make like, I'm going to, I want to run a game in this and I'm starting to kind of like, as I'm reading like, Oh, I like that mod. Nope. I don't like that mod. I would use this mod in this way. That kind of thing. Yeah. The other thing that's really slick about it is um, if you're not familiar with Cortex Prime, Cortex Prime is a dice pool roll and keep uh, kind of game. So like you assemble a little dice pool and it's actually good. The dice pool is actually pretty small, so it's not um, too, not, it's not too laggy. Not to, unreasonable. To put yeah. No. So you, you assemble a little die pool, you roll, and then you need two dice that you put together, add together. And that's like, that determines whether your target number is exceeded or not. And then depending on which mods and stuff you're using, there's another die that's called the effect die, which is one of the two dice that you did not pull together. That kind of determines the magnitude of your success. Interesting. Which I also like because that's multidimensional, right? Yes. So it's not even talking pass fail. It's now talking pass fail plus um, how well, how well like you how significant or insignificant your your success was. Yeah. But anyway, because it's a it, because it's this dice pool roll and keep game, there's a lot of examples and I I love how they approach the examples. So they do a text box with, you know, in like, I think it's in italics or something that like describes to you, you know, so-and-so puts the, you know, their dipole together, rolls this, so-and-so puts their dipole together, rolls this. And then like, they tell you, but right underneath it, they always put a little table. They have graphical icons for all the dice and they have kind of a nomenclature. Like if the die is um, not filled in, then it's um it's it's just been rolled but not selected if it's filled in it's been selected if it's i forget there's like if it's got a bold one it's the effect die or whatever but there's always a graphic right under the example that shows you the die rolls yeah the selections the totals and then what and the outcomes yeah and the formats are always a little different like the like the columns are always a little different depending on what the example was sure but it's the kind of thing where like you read it and you're like, okay, they put a bunch of dice together, they rolled, they got this number, whatever. And then you look down and you're like, oh, I can totally, like, this is what yeah. it would look like if you were looking at it on the table. I can actually visualize this, yeah. It's uh, um, really good. <laughs> it's it's a really, um, from a graphic design and game as an instruction manual um, thing, it's a really smart way to address this kind of system right like if you're playing about powered by the apocalypse i don't need an example that shows me the dice like you're rolling 2d6 right, right. like if you i'm only right, envisioning like, two 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 results two six-sided yeah. dice very easy right <laughs> 
But Cortex has different size dice. It has uh, different combinations, right? And because it's rolling keep, you don't keep the two highest numbers. Like you decide which two numbers. Yeah. Right. So you might be like, I'm not, I'm not taking the 16. I'm going to take the um, 12 because I want the, I want that unused die to be the higher effect die. Yeah. Right. So there's some decision making. Again, there's some latency in this, you know, in this system. Um, But the tables as examples is so good. Like every time I read it, like I immediately like I read the example. I'm like, "Hmm," and I look down and I'm like, oh, cool. Got Mm -hmm. it. Got it. And I imagine that in the heat of a game, when I have to go look something back up, being able to see that table is going to make a big deal in terms of kind of in the moment of the game when you're kind of, you know, especially when you're learning a game, right? And you're kind of fumbling through the rules. Yeah. It's going to help a lot to see to it. To just, yeah, visualize immediately. Yeah. It's, it's a smart, um, it, it, it's really smart in the way that they've um, graphed, like they show that information. Anyway, I'm excited about it. It's, um, uh, I like the system. From everything I've read already, I'm like, I like the system. It looks like it's going to be fun. I think that the setting that I'm working on, um, as I kind of build that out a bit more, I will then come back. I will, I'm going to, in parallel, finish reading Cortex Prime, and then I'm going to come back and start building um, a game around it. And the cool part is, like, I could build it, start playing it, and be like, eh, this mod, this, it's this not getting use, gonna... or no one likes it, right. and just take it out. And like sub another one in or something. Right. Or this is not giving me the feeling that I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. It's not rewarding the right thing mechanically. Whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So anyway. Yeah. That's what's giving me life in gaming. Cortex Prime. Meow Wolf. We could run Meow Wolf in Cortex Prime. We could make a Meow Wolf style story. You could. I would have to read Cortex Prime. Yeah, you would. It's a big book. (laughs) I don't read big books anymore. Um, I don't have time. I'll read it for you. I'll okay. teach you. Okay. Thanks. I appreciate you're, you. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Senda, what's giving you life? Or in this case, what's endangering your life? What's giving me murder um, in my life right now? Um, my child had a very old hand-me-down um, bed frame. Uh, for his bed in his room and a couple weeks ago i sat down on the corner of it to tuck him in and it collapsed (laughs) um and that's a sign yeah i was like well i guess we're done with this um so i was really excited because we went to ikea and we got him a bed that has a bunch more storage in it because he's a teenager and his room is a disaster and i keep being like maybe if i just give you places to put things they'll get put into places and not the floor (laughs) Um, which sometimes works and sometimes doesn't but so went and got him a new bed very excited about it super happy about the end potential that's giving me life which is good because the stuck in the middle part which is where I am right now yesterday we finished building the frame part but we need to finish all of the drawer parts so Um, I am still in the middle part of a giant furniture building process in which um, the room that it is in is like got random mattress like shoved against the wall and partially built bed. And the uh, rest of my house has been coated with a fine layer 
uh, little chunks of cardboard. Um, and my kitchen is full of big standing chunks of cardboard and the living room has all of the pieces for the drawers stacked against the walls. So basically my house looks like an Ikea shaped hurricane swept through and left me with drifts of cardboard and swaths of wood. Um, and I can't wait until it doesn't. <laughs> it's a yeah, weird, yeah, the- it's a weird mix of giving me life and like killing me slowly. Right. Like now, here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't want anyone to get the wrong impressions about you because you have built several very large IKEA pieces. I have, you have built you have built your bed, my, a queen size bed. My bed, a dresser, your couch. my couch. Yes. The, so it's not like it's not table. Like, like I have experience building IKEA furniture. Right. You are not that that is that I did not want anyone to I don't want anyone to misunderstand that like, oh, what was you? You don't like, you know, you're struggling to put this stuff together. You are you are not a you are not a rookie at assembling this kind of stuff. This bed is just it has a lot of parts to it. Right. So we like I said, we finished the actual bed. It has a headboard, a footboard. It can have a mattress on it. In fact, he slept on it last night. But now I also need to build six drawers and put the, you know, sliders in and all of that stuff because we spent like three and a half hours on it yesterday and then we had to stop because we needed to get ready to go to Meow Wolf. Um, so um, it's just it's just a big build is what I should say. It's a big one. Just has a lot of bits. Um, and I'm really, really happy that I am almost done. Whew. it's good and i can't wait to reclaim my house from the fallout (laughs) is where we are anyway what's giving you life that is not gaming so it's trader joe's Hmm. um i don't shop normally like i don't shop like weekly or anything at trader joe's right i live in western new york i shop at wegman's like you're supposed to right like um I mean, you just do, right? Like that's <laughs> yep. not a, sure. there are other grocery stores in what in Western New York. I'm not sure why. And if you live near a Wegmans, <laughs> you also aren't sure why as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just Wegmans anyway. Um, but I do like once a month as like a treat, I go to Trader Joe's um, to buy fun food, mm-hmm. right? Like, because to me, like, while I know that there are probably people who are like, I do all my shopping at Trader Joe's and hats off to you. Um, one, I find that store comically small. That's because um, your Wegmans are huge. They're yes. so big. I mean, I have a grocery store that size, but I, mean, I know your your Sprouts, the one you the one you also shop at, is comically small. I know, but I um, like it because I can like actually make my way through it. Versus like there is a grocery store of a Wegmans size, and I pretty much avoid it unless I have I mean, to go there because it's so big. I hear you. I hear you. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So anyway, I um, I particularly so I, I I only go to Trader Joe's like once a month to like quote fun shop, so I don't buy anything um, like Staples. I don't buy yeah I so anyway so I went so I have a couple favorites right like their uh, Mandarin orange chicken super good which is like super good and just mm-hmm. it's just a treat I'm making it tonight actually nice um, their dark chocolate peanut butter cups which are so good I mean so good. They're the ones my son almost ate a whole container God. of. And like, so anyway, I was going 
And I was talking to you while you were wrestling the Ikea bed. Oh, my God. And, <laughs> I was um, having so much trouble right at that one point. That was the hardest tra- part of making the bed, to be clear. Right. If you don't have a Trader Joe's near you, Trader Joe's has like a whole bunch of stock stuff that they always have. And there's some really delicious stuff in there. Like the mandarin chicken. Yeah. But they also have seasonal stuff. Like they're really good about like themed seasons and stuff like that. So, of course, it's October. Yep. So it's pumpkin season. Pumpkin. And I go strolling in with my, you know, I got my little basket, right? I don't even take the cart because that's how few things I buy, right? I just got like my little basket and I go in and I like, I'm looking and I see like, you know, like I see all this stuff and then I see pumpkin bagels Mm -hmm. and I'm like, well, shit. Like, (laughs) how can you say no to that? Like, how can I say no to pumpkin bagels? Right? So like, whatever, I grab the pumpkin bagels and I throw them in. And then I'm like, well, like I could just like, I can just toast these and put butter on them. I'm sure they'll be delicious. Yeah. Right. I had like the care. I got the Kerrygold butter. It's great. But you're like, you should get cream cheese. Yep. I'm like, you're right. Yep. <laughs> I should get cream cheese. I wonder what kind of cream cheese they have at Trader yes. Joe's. Pumpkin spiced yes. cream cheese. Tis the so season. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, well now. All the way. Like, go all the way. I, right. Just, I'm going to go all in <laughs> pumpkin. All, like, all in pumpkin. So I did. I, I grabbed that. I did grab my mandarin chicken. I got, um, I got my um, uh, peanut butter cups. I keep thinking there's, oh, and I got, um, I got fried ravioli. Um, cause the guys are coming over tonight to watch, um, hackers. And I was like, Oh, I'll just throw some fried ravioli in the, um, in the foodie quick air fry them, heat up a little sauce and have like a little appetizer for everybody when they come yeah. to, uh, that's, have dinner tonight. That's cute and delicious. I mean, yeah. so you know what I go to Trader Joe's for? I go for the croissant, the frozen croissant, the frozen chocolate Those are croissant. amazing. So good. I bought them before. Yep. And they have, um, they have dark chocolate mints in a little plastic container that are so delicious. I'm going to tell you, because I know you love peanut butter and chocolate too. Actually, you know what? I'm not even going to tell you. I'm just going to have them here in November. Okay. Oh, gee darn. Yes. You'll be here in November. I'll just have them here in November. That sounds uh, delightful. You can just have them. Okay, anyway. So anyway, I just, I love Trader Joe's because it's just like, it's not the place where I do my, my, um, day-to-day shopping. So I just go there for fun food. Yeah. You know, like just looking through like what's, what's fun here? Like what, you know, like well, they always what have, looks yummy? They always have fun things, right? Like in their, their, their frozen food, like their line of frozen food is just like astonishingly delicious. Like they just do a really good job at it. It's really interesting. So when I worked up in Boulder, I used to just swing by Trader Joe's like on my lunch and like grab a few things and I would like grab something for lunch and then I would also like just grab like croissant and like chocolate mints to have at my desk and like whatever. Mm -hmm. And they always have mochi and they had mochi before anybody else had it reliably um, in the frozen section. Now I can get that at like all the local grocery stores, but I couldn't before. And so I would sometimes buy that to keep in the freezer at work. And then I'd like have a down afternoon be like, well, I'm going to go have a chocolate mochi ice cream. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, because they're delicious. So good. But um, what else was I going to say about Trader Joe's? Nope, I lost it. It's gone. Yeah, I used to go there a lot more because it used to be closer to me. Yeah, luckily this one is um, 
This one's actually not far from my, um, and nothing's far from my house, actually. <laughs> like, my, my apartment is, like, like geographically perfect in terms of, like, not far. So, anyway, last night I jumped on Mumble, and I was um, to see everybody, and I was uh, drinking a cup of tea and had one of my pumpkin uh, mm. pumpkin bagels with cream cheese. Yum. And on the um, Slack room this morning, Bob's like, and I went to Trader Joe's this morning, <laughs> and now I also have pumpkin, pumpkin bagels bagel. and pumpkin spice cream cheese. I was like, I, yeah. I did not steer you wrong, my friend. Like, <laughs> Sometimes so you just yes. gotta. Oh, that's the funny thing. Um, when I make, sometimes I make onigiri. Um, and I like to be able to put um, farakake on it. And Trader Joe's is the only place that I can just go somewhere locally and pick, like, pick up a farakake mix. Like... That's it's just the only place that I can get it easily. That's the other thing at Trader Joe's. It's funny. Yeah, I, it's it's so good. It was the first place ever that I could get um, everything bagel seasoning. Yeah, I can get it now at Wegmans. Like Wegmans makes their own. Yeah, no, but it was now the, I can get it at Sprouts, but I yeah. couldn't before. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was. Um, it's good. Like like I said, it wasn't a. Um, it was that, that was the first place I could get it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's I don't know. Like I um it's funny because anytime a grocery store comes to Buffalo, Buffalonians are like, eh, eh it's not Wegmans. <laughs> like, yeah, I remember. Like when Whole Foods, Your when Whole Foods came, Whole Foods was yeah, truly like when Whole hilarious. Foods showed up, and we were just like, ugh, fruit, like why are you even here? Like, <laughs> and it's never busy. Like you can always like if you want to just like breeze through somewhere that's like got a handful of people, just go to just go to um. Whole Foods. Uh, what's called go to Whole Foods. Now Trader Joe's, on the other hand, actually does fine in Buffalo. I don't. I think people do the same thing I do. I don't think people. I don't think a lot of people buy their um, every like their whole week's groceries there. Yeah. But there's always people there buying stuff. Yeah. And there's always cool stuff to buy. So I don't know. I mean, I think that's what it is, right? Like I, I literally just go there for like stuff that is just like they they make a them brand of all kinds mm-hmm. of fun things, and it's just like great. And Sprouts tries to do that, and sometimes they succeed, but it's a lot more hit or miss. Like, Trader Joe's is pretty reliable. Like, if they do a thing, then it's good, right? Like, Yeah, and Wegmans is the same way, right? Wegmans usually lags a little bit behind. Like, like Trader Joe's came out with, you know, everyday bagel seasoning, and then, like, like a year or two later, Wegmans was like, oh, we do that too. Right. And I was like, cool, because that's no longer a fun thing for me. That's like an essential seasoning for my eggs. Yeah, that's like a you <laughs> you every morning thing. I like I like my eggs with everything bagel seasoning. It's delicious. Yeah. Anyway, we should probably wrap this up and um and and head over to the bamboo lounge. So um do you have another show on the Mr. Mark Network you could tell us about? Ah uh, boy, do I? Um, on Mastering Dungeons, RPG veterans and game designers Teo Sabadia and Sean Merwin take a look at the game and the hobby of D&D from a variety of viewpoints, reporting the news, understanding the business, reviewing the products, and illuminating the design. Whether you're a fan, a player, a DM, or a designer, Sean and Teos cover topics of interest to you. Woohoo! Excellent, excellent. Say, Senda, where can people reach us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums at forums.misdirectedmark.com. You can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. Or if you're feeling video and you want to have us share your audio later, you can catch us on TikTok. And uh, on TikTok, 
it is, uh, it's just, it's, it's us individually. We, we don't have a podcast account on TikTok. You just have to find me or Phil. We're barely managing the personal ones. Barely managing the personal ones, yeah. So, but, but we love it. So, uh, if you, if you want to send us a thing on TikTokie, please feel free. And Phil, once they have that information or find us on TikTok, what can they do with it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, leave us ideas. Um, ask us a question. Uh, pick a topic for us to pontificate upon. Um, tell us, like, what's, you know, like, tell us what you're struggling with in your game. Like, it doesn't even have to be a problem. It could just be like, oh, you know, like, I don't know, making NPCs is a drag. What do you guys got on that? Like, whatever it is, like, just throw it out there. We'll, we'll knock it out into a show. Like, that. that part is like... That part's our specialty. So whatever is making your gaming uh, less fun or whatever could make your game more fun, we want to help you with. Yep. So uh, send us those ideas. We'll get working on it. We'll come up with some ideas for you and make a show out of it. Um, Because that is exactly what we're here for. We're here to make your games better so that you will enjoy them more and you will keep role playing. Mm-hmm. right that's that 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 is our job that is our goal cool. that is what we try to we aspire to every time we hit the mics is in hopes that um we'll do something to make your games better and at the very least if we don't do that at least hopefully we're mildly entertaining um Anyway, if you like what we do here elsewhere in the Misdirected Mark Network, please consider supporting our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Uh, you get access to the Bamboo Lounge, the Misdirected Mark After Show, and uh, the awesome Slack Room for Life. Um, I just still love our Slack Room. 102 people, I think, in it. Um, talking about food, making jokes, um, talking about role-playing stuff, just sharing like everyday um wins and frustrations in life like it's just it's a really nice group and you know we also play some minecraft um uh which is a thing that we might be doing again um soon and that's not actually a misdirected mark thing that's just a bunch of us who know each other through misdirected mark play yeah i guess that's the best it's not a misdirected mark sanctioned server (laughs) it's 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 our it's schmitty's server and just most of us know each other through um, the podcasts and stuff. And so we just, we go and hang out mm-hmm. and play and play some Minecraft. Anyway, um, do that um, if you can. We appreciate it. Helps us immensely. Keeps the lights on. Uh, if you can't do it, like we totally understand, right? Um, and if you can't, there's still a thing that you can do to help us out, which is absolutely spread the word. Tell people about our show. Um, hit it up on Twitter. I assume you've already told all your gaming friends. So like just hit those people on Twitter who are like, what should I be listening to? Just drop our name. If you feel like if you're comfortable doing it, we appreciate it. There's also one more thing you can do if you don't want to kind of like directly hang it out there for us that you can do. Um, that's a little more anonymous, still helpful um, in terms of the soulless algorithms of the tech giants who control our lives with every whim. What's that thing? Boy, I just have to say, the introductions to my part of this closing, just sometimes they just keep getting, I don't even know what the right adjective is here. Have I, have I shared my feelings <laughs> on how I feel about, uh, about podcast, about Apple algorithms? Uh, I think people might get the idea. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. Please go on. Tell us, tell us you, that you thing. Could, you could leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. It doesn't have to be Apple. 
everywhere is great. Um, we really do appreciate them, and they do actually help new people find the show, which is also fantastic. And when we read them, they make us warm and fuzzy inside. So also, please don't be shy about letting us know that you left one somewhere, because there's a lot of places we could be checking, um, including like the international Apple podcast stores that like we have to do some specific uh, gyrations to access. Um, so let us know if you left one somewhere, um, because we really, really like to read them. And thank you so much to everybody who already did. We really, really, really do appreciate them. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Say, Senda, when are you getting, uh, tickets for Meow Wolf the next time? I don't know. Do you want to go? Yeah, but that's going to be a while, right? Well. You're coming to visit me first. Yep. So? (laughs) <laughs> okay, but next time I come out, uh, next time I come out, let's totally do it. Okay. Show me what you got. 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 This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Show me what you got. 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 Bloop. Ta-da! Yay! I gotta switch my Zoom view so I just see you. I don't need to see me. Now, now I see you yawning on a on a on, on giant like a, giant screen of me yawning. That's yeah. Wait, I can just do you. Okay. Change it to speaker. I'm the only speaker. Yeah, you're the only speaker. Can you just do me? <laughs> oh noes. <laughs> The answer is maybe. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this audio? I don't know what you're supposed to do what with am this I audio. Supposed to do with this? <laughs> I don't know. You figure it out. <laughs> Probably not going to figure it out. I'm just going to put it in the outtake. Yeah, and... you know, you the rest of you figure it out. <laughs> I'm going to go get some pineapple. Be right back. <laughs> anyway <laughs> Bloop. Do, do. Do, 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 do. oh i forgot to say cue music do, that's okay sometimes oh, man, we're I all over it. the place sometimes i leave it and sometimes i cut it out there we go do, 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 do. it depends on what makes sense so it's fine without <laughs>